This call is being You recorded. are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Uh, I guess probably 27 hours out of you know what was a, a difficult day yesterday. Um, but in the bright side, in the grand scheme of things, nothing is essentially any different today for the Cleveland Browns than it was going to that game yesterday against the New York Jets. You control your destiny. Help is still available, um, but, you know, I mean, does anybody want to hear the, you know, the reverse sounds of the Big Mac drug? As you get into the playoffs, you know, you'd certainly like to get in on a high note, and we'll see how that all comes to fruition here uh, Sunday, 1 o'clock, uh, when you know, the close friends, everyone's favorite rival, the Pittsburgh Steelers, come to first energy to face the Cleveland Browns. We're going to sit down here with John Costco, uh, take you through some PFF grades, the good, the bad, the ugly. Uh, just some general thoughts from yesterday, because I got to tell you the timeline today, guys, and including the one, and I, I forget his name, but the one moron suggesting that Kevin Stefanski's effort yesterday was fireable. Um, okay, sure, big guy, if that's what you took away from yesterday. But Lockdown Browns, as you guys know, is brought to you by Pepsi. And this football season will be different. And Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch this season. Obviously, you know, a big weekend. Uh, games Friday, games Saturday, yesterday, uh, you know, last night, uh, Tennessee Titans getting rampled up by the Green Bay Packers, uh, Buffalo Bills, and New England Patriots to close it out on Monday night on what's just been a truly fun and exciting NFL weekend. Pepsi is a refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it is made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football. Watch it. Mr. Costco, uh, look, I, I can't even imagine. First off, you're waiting to get on a plane and, you know, you're getting updated, you know, every 15 minutes, 20 minutes, maybe every half an hour. Okay. Well, here's the good news. Looks like Jedrick Wills is okay to go. Okay, we dodge that bullet. Oh, wait, B.J. Goodson, he's out. He's got COVID. Okay, all right, we're going to do some contact tracing. Uh, okay, three of your wide receivers are out. Oh, no, 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 wait, four of your wide receivers are out. Um, oh, yeah, second lining back, second linebacker. Jacob Phillips, yeah, he's out too. Uh, now get on the plane, go to New Jersey, get some dinner. Uh, let's shake everybody out of their hotel beds at 8 a.m. See who's available, who's not. Oh, wait, Jedrick Wills, he's not feeling well. He's out now too. All right, Kendall Lamb, you're in. Uh, all right, guys, uh, everybody throw on some sweatpants. We're going to take this on out to the parking garage, uh, see if anybody knows anything. Uh, let's see what these guys off the practice squad actually know. And let's go try and win a ballgame. Yeah, it's a big one. Uh, you know, granted, New York Jets were not the most, you know, difficult opponent, uh, but they are still an NFL franchise. They still have a pulse. You know, as they say, those guys are on scholarship too. Um, and you got yourself into a situation, you know, where you got up early 3 nothing. Uh, then the – Running game, which for most of the season, you know, has been the bread and butter. Um, it's hard to expect a lot of your quarterback and everybody. Why do they keep throwing the ball to the wide receivers? Well, you've got to challenge the entire field outside the hash marks, outside the numbers, vertically. You've got to try to do something. Uh, you know, granted, the fumbles certainly didn't help. Um, and I've never been a fan of Baker Mayfield on QB sneaks. It, it, look, it's just one of those things I can accept. Um, you know, when you have Tom Brady, who's been excellent through his entire career, well, it's great when you're six by five. When you're just six feet tall, obviously it makes it for a little bit more difficult situation on quarterback sneaks. And the other thing is, is he had already converted two of them. So maybe you were kind of, you know, pressing your luck there in that respect. But again, still, the ball came out. 
that was it. Sealed the ball game. But again, nothing's changed. Uh, you have Pittsburgh on Sunday. You control your own destiny as far as a playoff spot. Didn't lose anything as far as the AFC North because that was gonna, you know once Pittsburgh beat Indianapolis, that dream was over anyway. But John, I mean, let's just start there. I mean, look, you played the game a long time. I played the game a long time. It, and I think anybody who you know is upset with it truly doesn't understand. You know, come Saturday, it, there's nothing left to do. It's you know, hey, let's get out there, get loose. I want to run this play a couple more times. I want to work on this coverage as far as who's picking up and making sure that, you know, you're passing on your coverage to the next guy. It's simple stuff. So basically you have to reinvent the wheel, you know, before breakfast, get to the stadium and then basically throw it out there and see what you got. I don't think people understand just how difficult yesterday was from a coaching standpoint. Yeah. Think about what they, they lost from um, the wide receiver position. So you lost your, you know, your top, top wide receivers you're all you're putting out there practice squad guys essentially um from week seven to 15 the browns wide receiver group was the second highest graded wide receiving group in the nfl at an 84.6 behind the buffalo bills at an 84.5.2 um and they lose those guys they lose all those guys that have been playing extremely well for the you know since week seven um and you're putting out there guys that baker mayfield probably has thrown maybe a handful of balls to in practice since, since training camp. Um, but what so do you mean? He played with Derek, he played with Derek Willies in 2018 for like 12 snaps, John, he should have been out there more. I know. Right. It's, it's an incredibly <laughs> difficult thing to do. Like it's, it's just like with the offensive line where you have, you had, um, you know, Kendall Lamb at left tackle and, and Nick Harris at, at right guard. You're still having communication that you have to have with, and in, you have to, the offensive line has to work in sync. And I think this is this is kind of shows you the, the difference between a an average player and a below replacement level or just a bad player where you have, uh, you know, Chris Hubbard, who is an average player and he, you can put you can put him in, in, you know, pretty much in any position on the offensive line, probably save for center um, and be fine because he's he's good enough. But Nick Nick Harris is not a guard at the, at the level. He's too small. He's he's basically your center, uh, backup center, and you're being forced to play that guy. And he's been bad there. And I think you can see what what kind of a difference it makes to go from uh, at least you know average to bad. And the difference between like Wyatt Teller and average is pretty tremendous as well because it's he brings a physicality that just does none of the other offensive linemen really bring to the table. Um, and I think that shows not just in PFF grade where he's the highest graded offensive lineman in the NFL this year, um, but you can just see it on film with with how the entire unit works together with them. And, and so you lose that from an offensive line, you lose it, lose your, you know, you're basically all your guys on a wide receiver position. You're really trying to figure out in the first half, you can see it. They fit, try, we're trying to figure out, all right, what is going to work? What's not going to work? Um, clearly, the Jets did, you know, were selling out to stop the run. Um, because the running game couldn't get going, and then you have a depleted offensive line because of that. Um, you you have wide receivers that are some of the best run blocking wide receivers in the NFL um, over the course of the season, and you're putting them with guys that aren't that as well. Um, so it's not just a it's not just it's it's a whole it's a whole issue for the team. Um, second half they came out they adjusted, and, and you can see that they had uh, multiple scoring drives in the second half. Obviously, it was just was not enough, but um, you know, it was an extremely tall task to try to to piece that together with very little notice. And you can't just scrap a, an entire game plan. Um, would you have liked to maybe? They probably had some adjustments that they they probably went in there with. Um, 
it wasn't enough. They adjusted his second half, and obviously I think it was still not quite enough, but it, it was a lot, a lot better of a product. So uh, it's – I mean, it's that's a really difficult situation to be in. And, and, you know, it's probably the – you know, if you're talking about how teams have been hit by COVID this year, it's probably the second worst situation you've seen in the NFL in terms of being – being forced to play in a, in a situation like that, obviously, when you for the Denver Broncos when they didn't have a quarterback on their roster, that's a worse situation. You're you are screwed essentially as a as a team to be able to try to win that game. So, um, I mean, it is what it is. And anybody, this is one thing too. And I'll say this: the the reason why that they made the Browns play yesterday is not because they have the NFL has it out against the Cleveland Browns. the The protocols for the for the NFL are is is COVID the spread in the building stopped? Do they have, do they have it contained? Do they, they understand where it's coming from is, and is it contained? If yes, they are going to play the game. If no, then they will look to postpone the game until the spread gets stopped. They thought that this, they think still that the, the spread in the Browns building was isolated to basically one player and what five close contacts. So they, they thought that they had it stopped. The game goes on with the case with the Ravens and the Titans. They had multiple cases for multiple days in a row. The Ravens case was like eight or nine straight days that had cases going on. They didn't have that that under control and stopped in that building. So they were not going to play a game with with potential multiple cases, you know, on you know, with asymptomatic against another team and then infect that other team. So that is why there was no game, you know, they postponed the game for the Ravens and the Titans, but not for the Browns and Broncos. Is because it, it was Isolated cases in both the Browns and the Broncos and not so much as the Ravens and the Titans. It's not a conspiracy theory against the Browns or anything like that. Uh, look, I mean, in the, I mean, if you could have rewritten the script, if this had happened, say, Wednesday, it gives you a better opportunity. And look, you look at Jamarcus Bradley, you look at Derek Willies and say, look, guys, I don't know how much of a future you really have with this franchise, but you really got a chance to, to you know, make yourself a name in Cleveland lore over the next few days. So work your butt off. But I mean, there's only so much you can teach these guys on a flight and certainly in a parking lot in Jersey city, New Jersey, which I'm sure was full of potholes because this is New Jersey. Um, that being said, we'll get to the offensive side of the ball here. You know, talk about what we saw a third segment and we'll get to the defense. And then of course, obviously we will get to uh, you know, big, bad, older brother coming to town on Sunday, Jeff Lloyd, John Costco on your Tuesday, locked on Browns. Are we ready for some football? College football heads into bowl season and, of course, the playoff picture. There were some big matchups this weekend. There's certainly some big matchups this week. NFL regular season is finishing up with the playoff picture becoming clearer. There is only one place that has you covered and one place we trust, betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code LOCKEDON, all caps, no space, for your 50% welcome bonus. Uh, look, I mean, you can say whatever game is game of the week. Uh, Browns fans, week is coming up this Sunday. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code locked on to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sports book experts. Visit our good friends and exclusive partner at, at betonline underscore AG on Twitter to take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. Sign up for a free account. And again, use the promo code LOCKDOWN for your sign-up bonus. Bet online. 
Also, make sure to check out uh, from our uh, our boy Q, host of Locked On Raiders, has taken over a new program, Locked On Bets, on the Locked On Podcast Network, talking about his best daily bets per day. Q, fantastic guy, does an incredible job. Make sure you go ahead and check that out. John, offensively, we talked about the offensive line replacements. Uh, not a very good day from their parts. Um, so many people want to get all over Coach Stefanski. Oh, well, you threw it 53 times. Well, you weren't blocking very well. The running backs weren't running very well. You were down by 17. What are you supposed to do, John? <laughs> you got to start tossing the pill around. Um, and I would say, I don't want to say it was a bright spot, but I think Jamarcus Bradley actually making a couple of plays certainly caught your eye. Um, you know, Hall, we'll see. He's got He's got a speed factor that maybe – one day can be incorporated into this offense. Maybe that's going to be 2021. Uh, but not much to talk about or, you know, write home about, John, about the way this offense played yesterday. No, I, like like I, you know, I already talked about, you know, the wide receiver position. So from, you know, weeks week seven and on, there were, were two in the NFL. Yesterday they were one of the worst in the NFL. Uh, run blocking was atrocious for them for the from the wide receiver position. Um, you know, you wanted maybe – the tight end group guy, you know, those guys that really step up in this game. Um, I'd say, you know, it wasn't enough from them. You know, in Joku, he had four catches, 26 yards. That's fine. Two first downs. Um, Hooper had three first downs, but he had two drops in the game. Um, and that's kind of what it was in this game is that there was a lot of, you know, five, five drops um, that, you know, Baker Mayfield had to deal with. And unfortunately when you have that, um, in a, basically in inopportune times, um, it's difficult. You need perfection, not mistakes. Right. You, you, you need a perfection from guys that you, you know, from the guys that you, you always expect to be out there. So you, Austin Hooper, you needed him to not drop two passes. Um, Harrison Bryant dropped a pass. Uh, Kareem Hunt dropped a pass. So it's not even as if like. Harrison the, Bryant looked like he opened the wrong way on his route, which is almost inexcusable in week 16. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, rookie, rookie mistakes. And it feels like. You know, I actually haven't looked at his grade over the past, um, you know, from beginning of season to end of season to see if, like, he's hit a rookie wall. Um, but it does seem like he, he has kind of faltered off since that Cincinnati game where his, his run blocking might not be quite as good. Um, you know, he's not as quite as effective as a receiver as he was showing on in early this season. But, um, you know, the guys that you, you see out there on a regular basis, they are the ones that are kind of letting the team down rather than, you know, granted, yes, the wide receivers that are just put out there were running the wrong routes on a number of occasions. And you could see that where Baker was wanting to throw them a ball, but they weren't at the right spot. So he had to throw it elsewhere. And so he's, then he would stop looking at them and throw in a tighter windows to the tight ends and, the, and the, you know, running backs, stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, like when it's just, when you, when you have something that happens like that, it's really difficult to just to be cohesive as a, as a unit, they started to get there in that second half and just essentially ran out of time. And then when you add on to the fact that Baker Mayfield just kept fumbling the ball, um, granted, you know, one of them wasn't his fault um, in a throwing motion, in the throwing motion in his, you know, in his pass or whatever. Um, but, you know, you can't fumble that ball in that sneak. You can't fumble that ball you, when you're, ev- you evaded the pressure that you knew was there and then got stripped by the guy that you knew was, was, you know, running after you, you had to pull a quicker trigger on that. So, um, you know, there's mistakes. It was there for the taking and you had a, it was, you should have been able to win this game and the mistakes got you. And especially on the offense side of the ball, there were some mistakes on defense, but I don't think the defense is what lost in this game. 
you know, I think it was more, more so the offense. No, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, obviously with this team, we've become accustomed to scoring more than 16 points. Um, certainly was not the case yesterday. Um, and everybody getting on Parky, look, it was still 23-16, guys. There was an opportunity there to tie the game late. Um, you know, granted, you'd like for a little bit more consistency, but, you know, that's, you know, minor compared to everything went on yesterday. Uh, Joel Batonio, your highest-graded offensive player at 76, which isn't good because this team has obviously had been players scoring, you know, much higher than that. John, anybody else come close, sniff maybe a decent day yesterday? Yeah, David Njoku, 75.9, um, solid as a run blocker. Um uh, Jack Conklin was was solid across the board as well. Uh, Kendall Lamb actually showed out in in replacing of, of Jedrick Wills, um, seventy four point six there. Um, pass pass protection at seventy four, run blocking at seventy point six, and I think this kind of shows you know you have Petonio and Joku Conklin and Lamb all with a seventy plus grade as a run blocker, um, and actually Nick Harris was Harris was not bad at a sixty sixty eight point seven, but you have all your your wide receivers grading really poorly as run blockers. Um, and what happens is when, and, and the tight ends, except for Nate, David Njoku, when those guys, we have these weak points at the offensive line, especially when you have in these 12 and 13 personnel groupings, you can have nine guys block it up correctly. And that one guy is what's ruining the play. And that's where it is with, when it comes to the run game and why you, you, especially on an offensive line, you, you can't have any weak points. And so you have one weak point every play something's going to get disrupted and you're, you're forcing your running backs to make players miss. But at the same time, it's like, then you're, then you're also needing your, your wide receivers and being able to make these blocks on the edge. If it's getting bounced and it's, they weren't doing it. So, um, you know, you had some good pieces like on a, the offensive line wasn't terrible, especially in pass protection. I'd say other than Nick Harris and pass protection, the offensive line was pretty solid as a whole. Which, you know, which is enlightening and also gives you maybe more of the idea of, you know, why they started tossing the pill around more. Um, certainly more opportunities for bigger plays that way, because, look, it, the running game just wasn't there yesterday. And for all of the weeks for it to, you know, falter, yesterday certainly wasn't the day because I thought you maybe felt you had the opportunity. Well, maybe we can lean on this. Um, but it was, you know, obvious early, you know, that the Jets were you know sold out and committed to it. And you know, imagine if Quinn and Williams had actually played yesterday, this game would have been a hell of a lot worse um, <laughs> the outcome than it actually was. Um, but you know, difficult. But I, I think the thing is, and John, at, at the end of the day, I mean, yeah, these grades are what they are. But if you're the Cleveland Browns, you basically take it and you toss it in the trash because there's not going to be days like this. There's not going to be days where you're going to get dealt this type of blow on a Saturday where, and then even Sunday morning again, where you lost Edric Wills, where you're just going to get stripped of so much talent so fast. It's, you know, it's, it's anomaly is what it is. Yeah. I think it shows the the importance of the wide receiver position. And I know that like, there's a lot of people out there that discount, Oh, you can find wide receivers whenever. And sure. You you can find, you know, gems and draft and, and later and stuff like that. And, um, but the thing is, like, you need good talent at that wide receiver position to be able to win in the NFL. Um, and I mean, you need talent everywhere. But I think it just shows how important that position is when it comes to to the timing and the rhythm of the offense. Um, just like the, just like you know, the the relationship with with the quarterback and the wide receiver is, is vitally important. And um, you, you talk about Peyton, Peyton Manning talks about how with his his wide receivers, he would throw thousands of passes to them every single day to make sure that they were on that he could that he could throw the ball 
with his eyes closed and knew exactly where those guys were going to be in, in, a, in a specific timing of the routes. Um, and clearly the Browns didn't have that because it was just the fact that like these guys just have not practiced together uh, essentially at all. So um, yeah, you're not, it's tough blow. Um, it was still there for the taking, but it's, you know, obviously next week is you went in, you're in. That's as simple as that. So still at least there, luckily. No, no doubt about that. We're going to flip it up here. We're going to get to the defensive side of the ball here um, with a certain defensive end, um, you know, certainly making a case where perhaps maybe there should be a continued, uh, you know, relationship between one certain player and the Browns defense. We'll get to all that more as we continue through here on Locked on Browns. Break through your wall, whether it's a mental or physical wall. Break through it with go every day. Easy to take in one and a half ounce packages. Put it in your briefcase for the most focused presentation ever, your golf bag to power through the back nine. Built Go is the best workout gel on the market. It's a five-hour energy without the same crash feeling. Plus, it's natural, so it's better for the body. Three delicious flavors, peanut butter, honey, chocolate coconut, chocolate mint. How does Built Go work so well? Built Go combines energy gel with collagen protein. Collagen protein is fast absorbing, so it gets into my system quickly. Plus, it is easy on my stomach. Biltco is loaded with good stuff to ignite my work. Beta alanine, B3, honey, and a kick of caffeine. Biltco then kicks to keep me going strong. B6, B12, 10,000% of your daily percentage. Collagen promotes joint, soft tissue, hair, and skin health. This stuff literally makes you look better. Visit BiltGo.com, use the promo code LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Again, the promo code LOCKED for 20% off at BiltGo.com. Let's go. Uh, Brian Peacock, Matt Williamson, they host the Locked, uh, I'm sorry, their own show now, formerly the Locked On NFL podcast, uh, week 17. Uh, a bunch, bunch of scenarios playing through here. Um, so go ahead, uh, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network family, uh, Peacock and Williamson, iTunes, Spotify. Make sure you're checking it out. John, Olivier Vernon, um, and it just goes to show you, and I, this is where this guy at times has gotten a bad rap with this team. Um, health matters. Um, when you're healthy, you should normally be able to form well. Um, we're starting to see that with Olivier Vernon now. Um, highest graded defensive player yesterday between he and Miles Garrett, 20 sacks through 13 games. Uh, quite quite a solid duo here. Um, Olivier Vernon slated to be a free agent come 2021. Um, I would certainly be, you know, we all know who that agent is and not a lot of people won't have to deal with him from time to time, but it's certainly somebody I'd be contacting now as far as trying to make this offseason a little bit a little bit easier and uh, understanding that a smart, functional, do-your-job type of player who also is a very solid pass rusher like Olivier Vernon um, – Probably more underrated than he should be, but uh, he certainly brings you the all-around game. Yeah, so um, over basically, I'd say he was probably hurt or something was going on with him the first five weeks of the season. I know that he missed he missed a game. Well, he had missed time. I guess he missed the Bengal game. I think he missed the Bengal game week two. Yeah. Um, since then, um, he is the number six graded edge defender in all of PFF at an eighty-six point zero. Um, very well-rounded, 76.6 run defense, 79.7 pass rush. Um, just 
just, I mean, he's just playing extremely well, obviously, and he's actually got a higher grade than Miles Garrett over that time frame. Miles um, Garrett naturally has has been dealing with the COVID stuff, and I know that he had also that knee injury too. But still, it's it's his grade is you know it is what it is. We don't we don't adjust. Well, Miles Garrett was out, was injured this, so we let's give him a little um, you know some leeway in the grade. We, we just grade what it is on the field. If he's getting pressure, if he's not, um, Olivier Vernon's doing that over the over this course of that time. He's got um, nine sacks, eight point five or whatever. You know, if if you want to go by the NFL way, seven hits, thirty hurries. Um, you know, just winning at a, an elite rate. So, right, like I think, what is he, thirty years and old? Not just just, and just not taking advantage, and not taking advantage of just right tackles. These guys are flip flopping all the time. Yeah, they, they, he goes. Um, he often goes to you know, basically flip inside, outside, right, left. It doesn't really matter. Um, he's you know, he's doing it all. He's m- more so on the left side, but he's been on the, on the right side, maybe about 35, 40% of the time. So, right. Um, he, and it really doesn't matter if you're going up against left tackles or right tackles. I think at, at tackles in the NFL too, it's they're, they're NFL tackles. They're, you know, you're typically, I mean, look at the Kansas City Chiefs. Their best tackle is on the right side. Um, granted, he hasn't played in a very long time well, because of injuries, but um, the, He's been very good, and I would say that because of his play, especially once he was healthy, and this is kind of what we expected from Olivier Vernon when when the Browns traded for him, is to be at this type of level, and he's playing at this type of level. Now, if you could have this type of level and then Miles Garrett getting back to his his all-pro level, you know, pre-COVID, pre-injury type stuff, then you've got a really formidable pass rush, um, you know, bookending in on the – both ends or whatever, and you you would just ca- cause a lot of havoc and um, you know to opposing pass uh, you know passers. So if if Miles Garrett can get back to form and Olivia Vernon stays this way and you know getting into playoffs, that's 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 devastating for um, can be really really awesome for the Cleveland Browns and devastating for opposing offenses. And then you get Ronnie Harrison back and Denzel Ward healthy and all that stuff. You know they they could make some noise in the playoffs, but. Um, Olivier Vernon's been been excellent since you know basically he got healthy. So um, very very encouraging signs, and I would say you know based on this, you you probably want to get him to another you know couple year you know two years or something like that, and probably get it decently cheap because of his age. Uh, and look, you know he's you know he's just been you know a revelation when healthy, um, and this has been the case you know with Miami. This has been the case with the Giants. Um, sometimes he'll play more than maybe he should um, and, you know, not have the same prowess on the field due to the fact playing at, you know, 75, 80%, whatever it may be. Um, but this is the player we talked about when he first came here. You know, not only is he extremely, extremely talented, uh, it's it's not always the case that you get a player who has the overall God-given talents that also has the, you know, I will do my job. You know, I will sacrifice myself for the other 10 guys. If my job is to set the edge, that I know I'm going to get annihilated by a pulling guard. But as long as that running back runs inside me, I've done my job. And, you know, Olivier is that type of player. And, of course, you get, you know, some substance along with that. The rest of the players on defense, John, obviously we got to see linebackers yesterday, um, some that we were accustomed to as a couple of guys got injured. Um, anybody catch the eye through the PFF lens? Yeah, Sheldon Richardson had, an, had a good game. Uh, five pressures in this one. He, had, um, he did have six tackles. Um, great. Of he moved well up and down the line. He did. He moved he did. really well up and down the line. Jason Ball carries. Um, 81.7 grade. 
Um, Terrence Mitchell had a, finally had, had a bounce back game and this one really wasn't tested. Um, you know, and he actually wasn't targeted. He was targeted once, had a pass breakup on that one time. So, um, he did. He, did. he plays a little bit better when he's actually a corner two, not a corner one. Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, I mean that's the thing. That's what Denzel Ward brings to the table, and for whatever reason, so he he was targeted once, and whereas Denzel Ward was targeted five times, it makes no sense to me that teams do that. Um, you know, Ward had two. You know, the two big pass breakups. Um, the one touchdown though to, to um, what's his face, the uh, Chris Chris Herndon, that was on on Denzel Ward. They're just playing like a yep. basic cover three, and for whatever reason, he had a lapse in mental awareness or something, and just let him run by him. So, unfortunately, that that happened. But um, I mean, really, having Denzel Ward back on the field, he didn't grade well because he was at fifty four point four coverage. I know that he had he had the bust in it for the touchdown, and then there was one other play um, where he. Oh yeah, he was so he had he had a drop almost an interception on a slant, but he was beat on that. So, you know, he gets beat on that on that type of play. But um there was another play where he had a big like a big big downgrade. I can't actually remember it off the top of my head. Oh, he had a penalty. Who was had, who yes, yeah, who was at yeah. fault on the Jameson Crowder touchdown pass? Uh his throw. That was that was um Yes. That was uh Carl Joseph. Let's say, there we go, there we go. Yeah, Carl Joseph. He was he was at fault for the other two touchdowns. So um, he he just watched Braxton Barrios walk, run right. He's a linebacker. Him. He's not a defensive back. He's a linebacker. Yeah, and then even a linebacker's job is to carry the vertical as it runs by you in your zone um, when a vertical has already gone by you. And we always used to talk about Joe Schobert. Joe Schobert was so good at that the secure the crossing guard, making sure that somebody else was on the man going to the next level. But the thing is, like. You know you're gonna have you're gonna have mistakes that happen, but then on the other touchdown where he got picked or whatever, he just ran right into the pick. It's not like it was a very it was not like a really <laughs> well set pick. Out. He took himself out of the play, and um, you know you look at the three lowest graded defenders on the Browns. It's Carl Joseph, Kevin Johnson, Shutter Red White. And when you when your lowest graded guys are a basically who starters, are three people who will not be here next year. It just it's just brutal. Like you can't, you can't win it. You can't stop offenses very well. Um, you can stop offenses with, with weak points, but it's very difficult to do so when you guys, you guys you have guys, Carl Joseph, 38.8, Kevin Johnson, 35.7, Sheldrick Redwood, 29.2. Like those are, those are massive weak links that it's like, all right, the Browns only have one weak link. We're going to have to try to attack him. No, it's like, Nope, they have a lot of weak links. So let's just throw it all over the place. And they're, We'll be able to to make our plays. So, um, yeah, Kevin, yeah, Kevin Johnson had a number of missed tackles in this one. Um, allowed every single one of his targets to be caught five for five. Um, you know, just just not good from the secondary standpoint. Outside of basically Terrence Mitchell and then Ward was solid. Um, Sandejo, you know, on on the other hand, has played well as of late. Um, so that's that's a positive. But he still has bad games like he did against the Ravens, but. It is what it is. Yeah, uh, you know, this team certainly needs safeties. Hopefully, you know, one of them will be returning this week. One of them will be returning somewhere. Over the course of the season. Off season. Yeah, over the course of the season, the, yeah. the lowest graded safety group in the NFL are the Browns. Not, not a shocker. So. And imagine, this is Joe Woods, who wants to play three of them 
ideally, like 85%, maybe 90% of the time. And right now, he his deck is stacked with the lowest graded safety room in the entire NFL. That's it's what it is. And you, you have your best one that's been sidelined for most of the season with injuries, not most, but for a good chunk of the season. And then your other safety who drafted that, you really expecting to be able to contribute this year is it was hurt in preseason, so or in training camp. Um, so I expect them to actually to really, you know, they, that's one reason why it would have been it would have been awesome if they would have been able to get Jeffrey Simmons if the Broncos weren't so delusional. Like, oh, we just won two in a row, maybe we can make the playoffs. It's like, no, you didn't have a shot. Like they were going to trade him, but they were like, oh, we, we just won another game, so let's let's hang on to him. Like that's that's the that's a losing mentality franchise franchise for them. They probably could have gotten a first or a second pick from the Browns for that trade. And, um, you know, they're, they're going to hang on to the safety because they don't, they, they believe in that quarterback. That's not any good. Well, it's going to make the difference, John, between being the fourth place team in the AFC West and the third place team, maybe in the AFC West. There so you go. That possible. Oh, wait a minute. They're still going to be in the fourth place. Oh no, the chargers. They got the, char- they got the chargers in that respect. So John, we flip the script to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, after three weeks of looking just absolutely lost, nothing working, um, losing to the Cincinnati Bengals, uh, they found a way to uh, you know circle the wagons. Chris Berman esque yesterday, circle the wagons, secure the division. Now this game will come with a bunch of you know questions. Is Pittsburgh just satisfied enough with hosting a home playoff game? Um, are you going to risk more injury by playing some of these key players? In a game that essentially doesn't mean anything, you're going to host a playoff game. That's the way it is. You're playing. You're playing the first weekend. Nothing's going to change. You're going to be hosting a playoff game. But for Pittsburgh, you know, what was different yesterday? What you know? What improved? What was better for the Steelers yesterday as opposed to the last three weeks where they found themselves losing to the likes of the Washington Football Team, getting drilled by the Buffalo Bills, having the Cincinnati Bengals essentially make jokes at their expense. And then they're going to enjoy a nice fine as, again, the stupid TikTok dances where nobody's wearing a mask. And I'm sure there's going to be a check to be written from the Pittsburgh Steelers for that as well. Um, but what was different yesterday? What was improved? Is there is there a glimpse there that maybe Pittsburgh righted the ship after that three weeks of nothingness? Um, you know, they, they, they um. seem like... <laughs> It seems like they caught something in the second half, right? Because, like, the first half was awful, right? Um, down 21-7. Uh, they, they were down 24-7 in the mid-third mid quarter. Um, and it was basically, you know, I think uh, them – I mean, they, they played clearly better. And I think it's the, the it's a Colts team that they're good, but they have their flaws. And if you can – I mean, the Steelers have this t- the talent on their offense. You know, Deontay Johnson is, is is electric with the ball in his hands. He can he can get open. Uh, Juju still can get open. He's still a very good wide receiver. Obviously, Chase we know what Chase Claypool is. And then when you have Ben Roethlisberger as your your quarterback, like he's gonna go. He's been to three Super Bowls for a reason, you know. And, and I think when he's he, maybe he's, he's he's been in a slump, sure, um, but he bounced back yesterday with. Not not a great game, but a, you know, obviously in the second half is a lot better. Um, and I think I think this defense is still extremely good. It's still the best defense in the NFL when they. So if they can, you know, just because you got a lead up on them, they're they're gonna they're gonna clamp it down and stop your offense. Um, and it's gonna give the you know the 
their offense a chance to come back in the game. So um, from a grading standpoint, it's not as if they graded all that well across the board. Um, but when you, when you have, when you have that defense that can just shut you down, like, like no other, no other business. And um, you have Ben Roethlisberger as your quarterback, like, you know, that, that, that gives you a, sh- a shot in every single game, um, even in a game when you're, you're struggling big time. So, um, you know, I, I, it, from a grading standpoint, they have not graded well the past three games uh, by any means, uh, especially on offense. Their, their pass protection was a lot better in this past game, and that was probably a big key for them. Uh, in, a, in their three-game losing streak, they had pass pro grades of 59 or 50.9, 59, and then uh, 47.7, and this one it was a 77. So um, that makes a difference, being able to protect Ben and him, having him have time to, to find an open receiver does does help. So, uh, but – I, I still think this this is an offense that has its flaws. Um, maybe they figured it out in that second half. Who knows? But they recent history is saying you know three three and a half games of bad play on offense versus one half or maybe a quarter and a half of of good play. Um, maybe they figured it out. Maybe they don't. Uh, but I still think they rest Ben in this game when it's all said and done. Oh, that would of course be fantastic. Um, but also, it's it's going to be how. Coach Stefanski and how all these players, you know, look, yes, you can look at yesterday as a missed opportunity and that's fine, but are you going to use this as fuel or are you going to go into this? And look, I, I think they played flat and I think the hand they got dealt had players flat yesterday um, for maybe at least the first half. Then things started to get going. Um, we'll see. Um, now you're talking literally about <laughs> getting back an entire wide receiving core, hopefully getting back Jedrick Wills. Hopefully getting back Wyatt Teller. B.J. Goodson will be out, obviously, um, when he tested positive. That automatically took him out for week 16, week 17. Getting back Jacob Phillips. uh, Getting back Ronnie Harrison. I mean, you want to talk about getting, like, you know, having a complete roster overhaul from one week to the next. And, you know, I hate to say the playoffs are now. I just hate that phrase because it's obviously not now. But they are now. You're in. Uh, You win, you advance. (laughs) You know, that's the way it works. Um, but we'll see how this team you know, steps up for this. I, I agree with you. I, in good conscience, can play Ben here because, God forbid, you know, with the arthritic knees and God knows else what's going on with his, you know, you know, softball, you know, the home run champion body where he's not even going to run the bases after he knocks it over the fence. Um, you just can't risk that. I mean, get to the show, get to the dance, and then if God forbid something happens, then then you figure it out. But the other thing is is as beat up as he is they may want to get somebody else some reps because god forbid you know his old ass goes down you know in the first or second series you don't want to turn to somebody who hasn't touched a football in a calendar year and say hey go win us a playoff game um so you know and, and for pittsburgh I, I you know in no way do they want to do the cleveland browns any favors whatsoever but in the same respect you know sunday doesn't mean a hell of beans to them uh it it means jack it means nothing um, and with them not going to face the Cleveland Browns, uh, you know, in the first round of the playoffs, you just you got to be smart if you're Pittsburgh here and just you know take what you got. And it seems really really bad to say take what you got at you know thirteen and three or twelve and four. Oh, you poor souls! Take what you got, and you know we'll see you January tenth of January. I mean February to uh, January tenth of January eleventh. Yeah, I think um, you know for for Ben. Um, his, I think, you know, look at the second half, right? He was like 
20, 23 for 33 or something like that for 244, um, three touchdowns, uh, had three big time throws. So for him, it's a matter of, of being healthy for the playoffs. Right. And this team hasn't had a proper bye all year long. Um, you know, they, they were, they were supposed to have one. What, they had like game? a yo-yo bye. Like you're off. Maybe you're not. Now you're off. Okay. Now you're off for a couple more days. Oh wait. I know. Uh, oh yeah. We're going to play Wednesday. After right, so, at four so, like, so their their buy, their quote unquote actual buy was supposed to be like what week seven, but then because of the COVID stuff for the Titans, their that game got moved around and their buy became week three or four or whatever. I remember somebody but, who switched that whole schedule up for the NFL to make that happen. I do remember hey, that John Costco yeah. had the plan. Yes. Yes, I, I did. So I mean it took it took all of like three minutes to figure out. But um so for them <laughs> for them the lose they their buy was what weeks three it was week three I think right that buy was more like a all right you're not playing this week type thing rather than it was be a buy because nor in a normal buy week you you know the co- your coaches give you that that week off they go all right you're you're off you know come into the facility on Monday get your treatment stuff like that but you're off for the next four days you don't have to come in get reset your brains and stuff like that they didn't get that they were practicing that week like it was a normal week. And then day before they were told, nope, there's no game. It's been, you know, the whole schedule's getting changed or something like that. So it's like, great. Well, now we get like a day and a half type off. We don't play a game, but it's not really a, a buy for them because it's how, you know, just because you didn't play a game wasn't it wasn't a buy. So for them, they and then they that the whole uh, Thanksgiving thing where they were going to play on Thanksgiving and then have ten days off. Now that got moved to what was it Wednesday or something like that. So then they the then they played Wednesday, yes. And then they played like the next Sunday night or Monday night or whatever it was. Um, so like their their whole schedule's been off. I bet you that regardless of the, if, if they were playing for a two seed for a, a buy, they would be playing. But the thing is, there's no buy sure. for the two seed anymore this year. They don't. They in previous years when they've they've locked up a playoff spot but didn't have a shot at a buy, um, they've rested their starters. They've, they've rested Ben. Um, they've done that. Um, as, we, as as Browns as Browns fans should know that they've done it against the Browns a number of times. So um, with with them, it's it's a getting healthy, making sure that Ben doesn't take any more hits or whatever, and just all right, give him a give him a mental break and have a reset for the playoffs. Because really, for them, it's it's just just be at your peak in the playoffs, and they have a team that can do that. Um, if Ben can play like he did in that second half against the Colts where, you know, you're put, you put up 244 yards in one half. Um, that, that's, a, that's what they can be. They can be an explosive offense. And I think they have the pieces to do that, especially if the offensive line can protect them a bit more. Um, and uh, yeah, for the Browns, it might be, you know, it might be a, a, a great, a good thing for them to just to kind of almost coast into the playoffs, not coast, but like just have an easier path rather than playing a full, a full on Steelers team. And then likely what's going to happen is that, uh, the Browns will play the Steelers again in the wild card round in, in Pittsburgh. Um, those are those are that's one of the very likely scenarios that I've been toggling on the playoff machine at, at ESPN. So um, I think I think that is a um, and it depends it depends on what happens tonight with the Bills and the, and the Patriots too a little bit. But um, and then you assume you likely assume that the Colts and the uh, the Colts and the Ravens win next week. So with, if you expect that the bills win, go win, win and the Ravens and the te- uh, Colts win next week, the Browns and then the Browns beat the Steelers. Then it'll be a Browns Steelers rematch in wildcard round. I believe. 
Oh, so there'll be that, which, you know, let's just add a little bit more spice here to the 2020 season. And TJ Watt, look, you've had a, a great year. You've put a lot on your shoulders as far as that defense. I think you need a Sunday off. So TJ Watt, if you, know, <laughs> you feel if you feel the need to take Sunday off, you know, get it'll together be, with your brothers. It'll be interesting to see what they do with all those guys, right? So like you're talking about well, you can't you, you can't you can't afford to lose TJ Watt. You can't lose. So you can't why would you take the risk of putting him out there? Right, Watt, Cameron Hayward, Stephon Tuitt, um, all those guys have you know Hayward and, and Tuitt have been gotten banged up. I know a couple times this year. Um, Minka Fitzpatrick, you probably you want to you know, make sure that he you don't lose him. Joe Hayden's probably going to be sat. Steven Nelson will probably be sat. So you're pro- you're talking about your your top six defenders that if they're going to rest their guys, they probably rest those guys, and and which would make sense. And then you're you're talking about still a talented team. Like uh, uh, there's nothing to take lightly about uh, Steve, Pittsburgh Steelers without those guys, but clearly the Pittsburgh Steelers without you know, TJ Watt, Cameron Hayward, and Stefan Tuitt are, are is a is a big difference compared to when those guys are on the field. So, but they 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 have a system that really, you know, they're able to have plug and play guys that that works really well for them. Um, so, you know, I, that's what I would assume. But you know, who knows? Uh, just based on what they've done in previous years, where they've they've clinched that playoff spot. Well. We're going to see. And obviously, we've got all we to cover here on Locked On Browns. And, you know, as the scenarios come in, we'll play. And then, of course, there is always the joy of how COVID-19 could, in fact, impact any game week. The Browns receivers at the earliest would be back to the facilities on Thursday, along with Jacob Phillips. We'll monitor the health of Jedrick Wills, whether or not Wyatt Teller's ankle is going to be, you know, you know, cooperating enough where we can get him as well. Uh, lots going on here. Week 17. Um, I'm sure we all wish all this stuff was done and wrapped in a bow by now. Um, but look, I mean, Browns fans, we knew none of this was going to be easy. So I don't know why anybody would have expected any different. He is John Costco, uh, PFF senior analyst. Make sure you're following at John Costco three. Um, always a pleasure having John on week in, week out. Hopefully we can extend this for another week or two, um, you know, past week 17. Talk about playoffs. That'd be nice. It really would be fun, guys. Can't lie to you in that respect. So make sure you're following John out, obviously. Great takes, uh, great analysis. Um, and uh, in my opinion, one of the better football minds, you know, covering the NFL right now, who doesn't get the amount of coverage that John deserves. Um, Lockdown Browns, follow back account. DMs are always open. Um, so make sure you take care of that. Uh, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. DMs are open. Um, you know, a lot of, you know, stuff coming in there. And, and look, guys, you know, like John said, look, the way it happened is, you know, it was just unfortunate. Um, but it, it wasn't the NFL sticking the middle finger. And here's the other thing, guys. Unless it was postponed till Thursday, it wouldn't have changed anything. You were not getting the receivers back. Um, once you're close contact, as Baker was earlier this year, Wyatt Teller went through it once. It's five days of negative COVID-19 tests. So they were not going to push this game all the way back to Thursday. Um, Tuesday, Monday night, Tuesday, it wouldn't have made a difference. It, that didn't apply to um, the way these guys were all put onto the COVID list. So. There is that to deal with. Um, we'll continue to you know, give you the best coverage we can here through week 17. Obviously a huge difference from years past where we're talking draft and things of that nature and how many needs do we have. Look, there's needs. We know there's needs. But this is not the time or the place for that as the Browns are in a position to win a game on Sunday and join the 2020 NFL playoffs. 
This has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. iTunes, Spotify, Locked on Browns. Make sure you're subscribed. Make sure you leave that five-star rating. Make sure you leave a fat, juicy, written review. Uh, and with that, we will talk to you all tomorrow night. We will be back. We got some great guests coming on here for week 17 with a lot at stake. Uh, appreciate everybody alone for being, uh, being alone for the ride. So again, this has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go, Browns.